0: Hello and welcome to Soul Self. I'm your host Shana, a board certified coach and trauma healer, a double fire sign, anagram seven and eight generator. I know it's a lot, but I'm here for it. I'm speaking on all the things that people are thinking, but too afraid to say. Also fearlessly speaking on important but taboo topics. So prepare for inspiration, no bullshit approach of getting straight to the point. I'll have you thinking and taking action in your life. Here we talk all things brain, womb health, masculine, feminine, polarity, and embodiment, dating, sex, pleasure, relationships, spirituality, magic manifesting God, and so much more. For more of my offerings, including ways to work with me, self-paced programs, monthly subscription, spells, masterclasses, and even an apothecary of lunar charge and Reiki infused, candles, bath soaks, oils, and more. Check out bloomcheckweek.com. Hello and welcome to Soul Self. So, today we're going to be talking about why we as women emasculate our men when all we really want is for him to just love, protect, and lead us. And if this episode resonates with you, I highly recommend looking into joining Let Men Be Men as this is the last week to join and then it is closed for enrollment until next year. Unless until I surprisingly decide to open it up. Um, Or if you're a one-on-one client and I feel that it would be beneficial for you, you can definitely get in at that time as well. So I'm going to be diving into quite a bit of things here. And just to give you an overview, we're going to be talking about, you know, what does emasculation mean? Why we emasculate men? How this applies to how we mother our sons The key to actually letting him lead, the alpha woman and the problem with modern-day feminism, the different archetypes and seasons of being a woman, our power to choose a different reality, some common ways we emasculate, and then I'm going to ask you some questions to kind of reflect on things. And, of course, I'm going to throw in some stuff about how different, you know, a man and a woman's brain are and how this difference in our brain actually affects our communication so it's going to be a juicy episode. I highly recommend listening to other episodes all about emasculation, understanding men and stuff, because I'm really on a mission to help women try to have harmonious lives and to raise amazing sons, have amazing lovers and get along with all men, you know, because you'll understand why. Let's dive into today's episode. So Let's start with what is emasculation. Emasculation is basically taking away a man's masculinity. Masculinity is something that men feel like they have to earn. They don't just get the privilege of being masculine. So you have to basically prove your masculinity. You aren't just masculine, if that makes sense. And this is in comparison to women, right? So... With women, it's a felt belief thought that women just get to be feminine. That's something that's innate within them. They don't have to actively be feminine. They just are feminine, right? And that literally is feminine. We are being feminine, whereas men are taking action to then be masculine. So masculine's action, feminine is being and being receptive. So the words literally (laughs) explain that. So emasculation is when men or women... stripping men of their feeling of being men and why this is a really important topic is because often the women that are doing it they have this double-edged sword in their mind and they're like fuck men but at the same time they're like we're all the good men right so they put themselves they put themselves in their own dichotomy and shit show because they're so deeply craving a masculine man often right But then their frustration and bitterness and anger around a man not leading well enough actually is the very cause of them emasculating. So in today's episode, I really want to break down how this often happens, like how women emasculate, especially the ways we don't really think about it. And I invite you to really do the reflection work and being aware of where and how you emasculate. So... All this is really important, it's intertwined, and it's important for you to not emasculate men. When you, un- when you don't understand men, when you are just oblivious to the fact that our brains are so different, it actually makes it easier to be frustrated and angry because you're comparing your desires and yourself to, what, like what you're doing is comparing it to another female, but he's not a female, right, he's a male. So you are basically, you know how guys say damned if I do damned if I don't, it's that whole thing where women basically make men feel like no matter what they do, they're failing. And that's often because you're trying to prove your own story of like, no man's good enough for me. You're probably afraid of letting a man in because you're, you don't want to be let down and you're tired of being let down and you know, you don't want to be disappointed or whatever. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to be the one in control, right? So, there's a lot of underlying things and reasons, basically, why we emasculate. And just a reminder, one, thank you for listening to, to this episode. And double thank you if you've left a review. So, the podcast episodes are really fucking good. I give you guys so much. And imagine how much more you get in a program. But two also take action. Like don't just listen to this and that's it. Like send me a DM and tell me the action you've taken. Tell me what has changed. I love when you guys send me emails and DMs of, you know, how inspired you were after listening to the episode, what changes you applied into your life and how that's had a ripple effect on your relationships and what have you. I do this for you, so please take the action and share things with me. Share what's happened. Share with me your thoughts. You know, it really does fuel my fire. And obviously, if you want more, then join Let Men Be Men for this kind of topic. So, with emasculation, as I was saying before, the core thing I want you to understand as women and men... Men can definitely listen to this episode to understand where women are coming from a little more with emasculation. So... Women are not emasculating because they're trying to put you down. They're not emasculating because they're trying to put men down, okay? We're not doing that. We're not trying to squash men. At the same time, we are trying to be like, like, light a fire under your ass so you step the fuck up, Right? Now, the way that we're going about our desire for him to lead is a completely wrong way, but no one tells us, right? No one educates us on how to actually communicate with men, on how to understand the opposite sex. No one teaches men how to understand women, right? So it's like we are doing this so that, okay, like one thing, the first thing I want you to know and your friends and stuff that are also emasculating and you're like, Shayna went out of route majority of the time women are not doing it from a mean place they're doing it from a frustrated resentful place and the thing is resentment isn't mean like yes of course if you don't look at your resentment heal your resentment act on your resentment then it's mean to just let that shit fester and then projecting projecting is a nice period okay ever Barely, very rarely is there intention to harm a man, right? It's just that we're trying to shake him to be better, to be more of a man, as we say, and we just don't know how to do it. So if you relate to that, listen to the rest of this episode because your desire for him to step up, the way that you do it is not to put him down. And that's different for women, right? Like women, we respond to be shamed a little bit because of our intense need for community and safety. It means we will step up to do whatever it takes to ensure we're accepted by the tribe. Men don't need a tribe to survive. So when a man is squashed, he doesn't then get motivated to be better. He goes into his turtle shell and retreats that is often why women will say, why is it as soon as I stop asking him to do things, he finally did more, right? But every time I ask him to help me, he doesn't do it. Or every time I ask him to get the clothes out of the dryer or empty the dishwasher or whatever, the way you're expressing it is probably not how he's hearing it because tone, communication, words are everything. And the the way that you say something to a woman is completely different, very different, than how you would tell a man, right? If you were to tell something to your mom, if you needed her to unload the dishwasher, you would say it differently to her versus how you would say it to your partner or your father who are men because we have two different brains. And when you have two different brains, you need to communicate differently And this also goes if you have a son. That's a whole other topic. And I briefly touched on this topic, like how to prevent trauma. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can do to prevent trauma. But I did an episode on how to prevent trauma for children. So I'm going to link that episode in the show show notes. But like mother-son relations, it's really important not to emasculate. And if you have a son or want a son one day... Or just, if you have a lot of men in your life, everything that I'm sharing about emasculation, it really goes into that, right? Like, emasculation is something you just, you don't just not do it to your romantic partner. You don't want to do it to any men. Because the reality is this. We women want to feel safe around men. We want to be loved, protected by them. We want to know that they will take a fucking bullet for us. That is relaxing and rejuvenating to our nervous system. You inhibit yourself from having that reality when you emasculate men because you don't become a safe environment for their masculinity to actually thrive. You want to feel like you are watering their garden of masculinity, okay? And if you are judging, shaming, emasculating, putting down, being this fucking alpha woman, there's no space for him to rise into his masculinity, right? Right? let men be men let him lead you're not asking him telling or demanding him to you're not doing any of that you are letting him he inherently as a masculine man if he wants to be masculine he has that desire you have to let the flower bloom now let's talk a little about the alpha woman maybe you are the alpha woman right the girl boss whatever women these days that feel the need to be in their hyper-masculinity for whatever reason, whether it's trauma, societal conditioning, the way you grew up, the way that it's the only way they feel remotely safe, but that's actually a fucking illusion. It isn't that having a career is bad. Heads up with what I'm talking about with the masculine-feminine stuff, okay? It's never that your career is a bad thing. I mean, I have a fucking career, Right? But women these days hold themselves back when they don't allow, keyword allow, allow themselves to soften in their relationships, right? If you, as a woman, are like, yeah, cute to hear, don't emasculate men, that's nice, Shayna, but I can't because of XYZ, X, <laughs> X, I'm like, mm, pause. If you are blaming your career or men or society, none of which isn't true, you are not going to be able to be in a relationship that you dream of where he's leading you because you're not taking personal responsibility. Yes, he has to be a safe environment for you to be in your feminine. Yes, society doesn't fucking help the issue. Yes, your career being intense doesn't help either. I get those things, but if there isn't a desire to change, I want to change, I take self responsibility of where I've held myself back or held him back. That is the most important thing. If that component's not there, I can't help you. No one is making you emasculate him. Yes, it's a fucking trend, and I despise it when I see those trends where, you know, wives are making fun of their husbands. And I briefly talked about this last week on my Instagram story, and that's actually what inspired this episode today. But that, that whole thing actually creates this narrative of men are dumb, men are lazy, men don't do anything, women have to do everything. It feeds that narrative, which I do not want to partake in, okay? Not my reality. I'm fucking unsubscribed. If you have the possibility of a narrative, you are going to make that narrative your reality. And that is why what you consume the conversations, you have the food, you eat the music, you listen to the podcast, you listen to the social media stuff that you're consuming. And we live in a fucking society where there's overconsumption. Maybe I should do an episode on that anyways. But that is an option of the kind of life you want to live, right? Right? Those things feed into the kind of life you want to have. And for me, it's not an option to be living in the narrative of where he's lazy and I'm doing everything. That is not an option in my future relationship. I will never let that be an option. The whole phrase of like, let me ask the boss, like guys say, let me ask my boss, right? Let me ask the boss because the woman's like the boss of the household, especially when they become a mother. We have misconstrued the archetypes of lover and mother and maiden, and there's so many different archetypes, like the boy, the king, the prince, there's all these different archetypes, and it's really just different chapters of your life, right, so before you go into that full-blown mother archetype, where you're a mother, you're the lover archetype, you're the maiden, right, and it doesn't mean that you let go completely of the mother, of the lover and the maiden, you have that in you, it's just you're predominantly in your mother archetype, But what happens for a lot of us is we keep ourselves locked in the assumptions around the next phase of life. We create this assumption for ourselves and then it becomes our reality of when we're a mom, we lose all sex appeal. We lose all sensuality. We become the household boss, whatever it is, right? We create the possibility in our minds and therefore we let it be our reality that he does nothing around the house and society feeds that narrative. If you don't want that to be a narrative, then you need to stop buying into any possibility of that being a narrative. Even as an example, let's say fast forward mid my future. I'm married. I'm doing all the cooking and I don't like cleaning up, right? And Let's say I am super fucking tired and I just don't want to clean up. I don't want to do something I don't like to do. I would expect my man to be like, babe, go upstairs, chill. You made an amazing dinner. And the thing is, I expect we, I want to know, we, we see each other where we're at and we help each other, right? But if you as a woman are not allowing yourself to soften into your femininity, you don't allow yourself to bathe in the enjoyment of that possibility in your relationship. A lot of women, they're hyper masculine and they wear it as a badge of honor. For who? Right? Like, who are you trying to please and prove yourself to? To seem like you're enough by wearing this badge of honor of hyper masculinity. This alpha woman, alpha female that's kind of just like knocking everything and everyone around her down, but she's a shining star. Is she a shining star? Right? Like, is that really the fucking value of feminine these days? To emasculate men, but to be thriving in their career? Right? And you're actually really fucking unhappy. There is literally research that the amount of women in corporate like C-level sweet jobs, C-suite level jobs that are like women that are more burnt out than ever before in history. They are way more burnt, burnt out than men. And I'm like, yeah. And what's their happiness level, right? What's their satisfaction level? But society and politically speaking, companies now want to fill the spots of we have a certain amount of women, We got to meet a quota or whatever. And it's not to say that women can't do those C-suite leveled roles. But it's like, where are we not valuing and supporting the femininity in our society? Because we're trying to fit into this narrative of like, we have to have this many women on the board in order to look a certain way. So are the women actually good enough for the jobs? Or are they doing it just to look a certain way? See where it's this weird double-sided as sort of, we need more women in C-level sweet jobs. Okay, that's great. But are they actually good enough for the job? Or are you just hiring them? Because you need, like it's an obligation that you need to hire women, right? Because if that's the case, that's actually really disempowering, right? Disempowering for women. And it's very complicated. This stuff is very, very complicated a lot of the ways that feminism, like that feminism is now executed in society. It's not actually feminism. It's for a look. It's for, it's literally a fucking facade. And the example is this whole board argument, right? Like a lot of companies now have to have a certain amount of women on the board and they will just, there's plenty of stories out there. You know, I've had, I've worked at corporate, so I've, personally seen this but I've heard from men who are on boards and stuff where basically they share that they have to hire like that they put these women on the board and they're not good enough for the board but they have to put them on because they have to fit they have to meet a certain quota right and I'm like that is a huge disservice like and it's interesting how we see that as feminism but it's actually not feminism, right? And I hope we're all catching on to my drift here because I shouldn't have to explain how fucked up that is, right? But people are not thinking critically. People just see point blank, okay, great, like there's five women on the board and we clap our hands for the company, but we don't actually critically think about it because we're just thinking, okay, if a woman is now seen in a role She's good enough. Rather than, is she happy? Is she burnt out? Are her hormones okay? Right? Is this actually her purpose in life? Right? We've lost that in society. And now it's like society is almost pressuring women in a way. Pressuring women to have to go into these roles. Rather than us realizing that it's okay if there are less women in a role. Right, it doesn't necessarily mean anything about women, it just is allowing us as women to value the differences in our femininity compared to men and their masculinity. (laughs) And I have some questions for you, ladies. Okay, why don't you want to soften? Why don't you want to let yourself soften? That's question number one. Next. What is quote-unquote bad about softening and surrendering? I want you to think about both of these things. Maybe pause, think, come back. And the last question is, what would it mean if you were no longer labeled or given the label or badge of honor as girl boss or being like an alpha female, right? Or a boss babe or whatever the fuck it is. What would it mean if you were no longer labeled? And this is according to you, right? According to you, what is that about softening and surrendering and not being a girl boss, right? Why don't you want to let yourself soften? Like, what are you afraid of? I want you to think about those things because there is so much transformation in those questions and the answers are going to be your doorway to where you need to do your work. So what are... Actually before I get into that. So after answering those questions, you can feel free to bring it to a 1-on-1 session with me or we can dive deeper and clear all this shit from the root and check the alchemy, which is opening for enrollment August 1st, so mark your calendars. This is going to be third. This is going to be the third and final round of the year. So August 1st enrollment opens, September we start. So, the program will be September, October, so by the time the holidays come, you are fucking trauma-free, bitch. Stepping into the new year, open, clear, and making your best year. Okay, so let's talk about how we fucking emasculate, right? When we make jokes, which there's always a little bit of truth to, I'm just joking, but when we joke about like, oh, he's such a kid, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, like basically putting him down, right, for things he does or doesn't do, bossing him around is a big one, asking him for help, and then essentially doing it yourself, because he supposedly can't do it, do it right, do it your way, comparing him to other men, criticizing him, not allowing him his own space and time to, and that's a big one, because men need time and space the way that we need connection and intimacy, Saying he's a wimp, grow some balls, be a man. Phrases like that are not helpful, not supportive, not going to allow him to rise or feel safe to rise, not taking his salary or job seriously, okay? Or his passion seriously. That is a really big one. Um, you saying things to him like, oh, I, would, I knew you couldn't, you couldn't do it, or I told you you shouldn't do that. Things like that. Like when he's trying to help you and be the man and look masculine, feel masculine. And he's already beating himself up over the fact that he failed, right? Or he thinks he failed. And then for you to rub it in, it's not helpful. A better comment is like, babe, you haven't failed. You've helped me so much. Like, you know, (coughs) men don't want to feel like a failure. When you emasculate them, they feel like a failure and then they feel like they let you down. If you haven't binged all my episodes on emasculation, men, masculine, feminine, go to the podcast directory, com. go to it, binge all the episodes, I don't want to repeat shit in this episode, because, like, there's just so much content, guys, there's so many content, so much content, so listen to it, and let's dive into my next topic, why do we emasculate? So, Women often emasculate because they're trying to protect themselves from being hurt or let down, and this is related to what I was saying in the beginning about how a lot of the times it's not that women want to be mean, it's that they're actually like emasculating out of a trauma response more often than not, you are having this like, you're in this reactionary place of self-protection. And another reason we do it is because we have stories of like, we're always disappointed by men, men always let us down, men always disappoint us, they don't do enough for us, they're not protecting us, don't have our back, use us, whatever fucking story you have. And we tell ourselves that we have to just do it ourselves, right? If we want it done, we want it done right, we want it done well, we got to do it ourselves. And the bitterness and the anger that starts to fester about this feeling of being disappointed, let down, etc. That often comes out as emasculation. So emasculation is often this pent-up bitterness, frustration, and anger that we have towards men or towards your man or men as a whole, right? That is then projected. Because of our brains thinking that if we put him down, maybe he'll step up, That often also, it kind of causes us to emasculate because we have this habitual response because if we were told that, we would step the fuck up, right? If we were told, why do you keep doing this? It would cause us to step up, but that's not the case for men. So because he's not being masculine, we think we have to be the masculine one, so we will jump in there with this hyper masculinity, need to control, rip his ability to control and lead out from underneath him because we feel like he's not doing a good enough job of being control and leading and someone has to control and lead, right? So we'll control and lead. And if we're controlling and leading, then we're not going to be let down. We're not going to be disappointed. We're not going to be, we're not going to get hurt. It was done the way that I wanted it to get done. So you see there's. 10 different situations kind of blended into one, right, where women can't let go of control. One of the other major reasons is because, like, that we emasculate is out of sheer exhaustion. So, exhaustion, frustration that we are not being led, that we are not being protected and provided for in a way that we want to be. There's two sides to this. One, you might not be letting him lead or protect you in the way that you want to be. On the other side is that you may not actually be seeing it, right? So you might not be letting him, and then you also might not be seeing it. So you're getting frustrated because he's not doing it the way you're not seeing it because of your own rose-colored glasses or whatever, or I mean, yeah, like you're past shit with men. And that's like frustrating for him too, right? Because it's like he could be like, I'm trying to lead, but you're not fucking letting me, right? A lot of couples, a lot of couples, it's interesting because he has this intense desire to lead, but he feels like she doesn't let him, right? And she feels like he doesn't lead well enough or he doesn't put his foot down hard enough. And I feel like I talked about this in the subdom episode that I did a while ago. But essentially where a lot of women want to be led more firmly. And that's actually safer for our nervous system. If you heal your trauma, it's easier for you to be with a man when he puts his foot down. I feel like sometimes men... It, it, when, when when men are like half in half out it almost makes you want to puke because it's like I don't know like it's very interesting how society has this narrative and this goes on to men of like don't be too aggressive don't be too dominant don't do too much of this, too much of that so men kind of silence their dominance and assertiveness right? and then women are like can you be more dominant can you be more assertive and then obviously in a healthy way like no shit Sherlock right not in a fucking narcissistic, fucked up way, like on the topic of anger, it actually really pisses me off how the media, politics, and how society has just twisted such an important conversation to become something that is so incorrect to talk about, yet everyone is thinking it, right? Like everyone is craving it. So yeah, (laughs) it's really important to understand the difference between a man and a woman's brain, because when you understand how he's different, how his brain interprets information differently, how his brain is motivated differently than yours, it allows you to tweak your communication, your tactics, your, the way in which you relate to one another, right? To then be heard and seen the way that you want to be but also the way in which he can see it like that. So you know those times when you have a certain idea of how you want to be felt and seen by him? So you're trying to express yourself and then he doesn't see it like that and he's not feeling it like that or whatever and you're like, what the fuck? So what I'm saying is you know how you want to feel, you know how you want to be felt by him, you know how you want to be seen by him, right? You then, because you know that, you know how he. If you know how he interprets information as a man, you're going to tweak your words to lend itself to him, so he can now see you where you're craving to be seen, and he feels and hears you the way that you want to be heard, right? And maybe you want to change your. Maybe you need to deliver. Um we need to change your delivery on things but he also needs to do that in reverse right because Ugh, fuck i'm going to change that okay you know what fuck that um i think the science unequivocally actually proves that men and women's brains are vastly different that gender is not a social construct so girls Don't gravitate towards Barbies because society tells them to gravitate towards Barbies. They gravitate toward Barbie because that's how our brains are wired. Boys gravitate towards trucks and toys, like like guns and shit. Because that's how their brain's wired. It's not a fucking social construct. That is just how boys and girls are wired. Like, from a very... Like, in fucking utero, basically, right? And that's how they express... Their femininity, masculinity, their difference in the brain, right? So there's a lot of research to prove this. And a lot of the scientists that are continuously like, oh, gender isn't a social construct, they get so much backlash because it is now not acceptable to be like, oh, gender isn't a social construct, right? And it's really important that we as adults, Like, the 10-year-old child isn't aware of these things happening, right? Like, the adults can't, one, critically think, and two, realize that there is allowed to be a difference in opinion. If some people want to believe that gender is a social construct, I don't care. Like, that's fine. My issue is when scientists are now being... Like... Cancel culture on steroids kind of thing is basically what's happening for a lot of these people. Defunded, massively ridiculed online, and these are scientists. So they've fucking worked for decades on these kind of research. And just because it doesn't prove the narrative that people don't want to hear. And there are, there's one study that was actually disproven because the research wasn't correct one study, that said that gender was a social construct. So they're basically saying that women and men, like girls and boys, um, don't have differences in their brains. That was incorrect. Like, the study was wrong, and it was proven to be incorrect. And there's an enormous amount of research on this stuff. But what I find sad is, like, so many scientists now feel the need to Overcompensate with their words of how this is correct, so to speak. Um. So, anyways, men and women's brains are vastly different, and our brains are actually the door was closing. He got stuck in between it. Leave it open. Yeah, gonna it's fine. Um. So basically, how we are different, like our brains are different. It's. Because of our sex hormones, and we women have progesterone and estrogen, and our brains are heavily influenced by these two hormones, and men's are influenced by testosterone, right? So when a woman is pregnant, every fetus starts off as a girl, right? And then the fetus gets a, a tidal wave of testosterone, which essentially then makes the fetus a boy, So, men tend to have more of this reporting style, right? Like, they're logical, they use speech that contains facts, that contains data, that aims to solve a problem. Men also, and this again, because of the testosterone in the membrane, they tend to leave out more personal information, the antidotes of storytelling, etc. And they just try to have a clear, concise, direction-oriented conversation, And then that's it. The end. Goodbye. Women, on the other hand, we have more of a rapport style, right? We want to build a relationship. We are great relationship builders. We have empathy and warmth and this nurturing ability far beyond what a man can provide. And not to say that a man can't be nurturing and warm, okay? Studies show that when a man has a child as in like his partner has a child and he becomes a father that improves his ability to be more nurturing and warm. When a man is holding his own child, he, that's actually the only oxytocin that he gets like that blocks his testosterone. It's a very small amount of estrogen, but that's what allows him to kind of soften and stuff. So that's how our grandfathers were a little more empathetic you know, when they were 30, because their hormones change, right? And a man's testosterone declines over time, which actually causes, it not causes, it allows men to be more warm and empathetic as they age because they have less testosterone. So women have this rapport style and we're going to share more of like, we're going to have like emphasize our feelings, storytelling, And this can kind of annoy men because they're so different to us. Because they use less emotions, and even sometimes, like, like when I'm talking to my brother, my dad, or whatever, like, they're just like, "Okay, get to the fucking point. Like, give me facts and whatever." And sometimes it's irritating for them because it's like, "Is there a problem? Like, if there's no problem, then why are you communicating with me?" And then I'm like, "Just to connect." And. They're like, oh, my God, we don't have to talk to connect. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, this is the difference between us, you know? (laughs) And this is why it's important because I want to be able to, like, walk away and be like, okay, this is a man and a woman thing. And I think a lot of people are be like, oh, my God, he's, like, gaslighting me. He's so mean. Like, he's rejecting me. I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. And it's like, bitch, he's a man. (laughs) Honestly, you need to be more concerned if he sits down and he's like, drowning in your feelings with him right there's a time and place for that yes And a man can do that and yes we do that too right like we have you know I have deep intimate conversations with my male friends my brothers my my dad brothers yeah my brothers my my brother whatever like with a man it's like I've chosen you I've claimed you I love you it's a fact what more do you need Whereas us women are like, oh, my God, like, tell me you love me. Give me a car, this and that. Like, we want men to, like, kind of go over and beyond, right? But ensuring that you can appreciate the difference between your brain and his brain can really help to support your relationship more than you think. And in regards to the whole piece around differences in our brain that I was talking about before, there's actually a study on toys um, and children, Right. There's a study that involves monkeys and researchers actually discovered that the male monkeys they want toys with wheels and female monkeys want toys that are more like plush and warm and likable dolls, right? We are not putting humans in the study. And the reason they put monkeys in the study is so that they can kind of like disprove and throw out the whole like, well, it's a young girl who has been programmed by society, so it's in her DNA, blah, 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 right? They can then throw out anyone that says that, hence they use monkeys. So on these preferences, they can't be attributed to external factors, like parents buying a certain kind of toy for their daughter, you know, or certain toys for their son. Even at an age when children are showing minimal signs of recognizing their own toys, Another kids' toys, boys and girls, as young as nine to seventeen months, they show remarkable differences in their preference, uh, preferences um, of male versus female toys. Also, and I feel like I've said this before on a different episode, the causative differences between boys and girls begin literally from the day that they are born. So if you've ever seen children, girls exhibit a greater preference or responsiveness to faces. They will watch faces because they're taking in information from the motive expressions and their facial expressions on someone's face. Whereas boys, what they're more interested in, is their visual environment, right? They're interested in discrepancies and issues in their visual environment where they can get hands-on. They want to get into things, right? They want to fix things. Whereas girls, they are looking around them and then taking in the information. So the whole idea of women and men have the same brain that gender is not a thing and it's a social construct it's not legit. It's not real. If I want to wrap up this episode, but I will say I do believe that and and me sharing this does not mean that I know there's a lot of crazy things in our society right now. Like it's not crazy. It's actually just been heavily suppressed And, you know, the whole pronouns argument and, you know, trans and everything. I 100% support love and I support everyone feeling free. And, you know, different lifetimes, we've all been men, women, we've been fucking black, white, Asian, Indian, everything under the sun, right? And as much as there's science and stuff, there's also a spiritual aspect of things. And sometimes a soul is born in a body that doesn't fit it and that's like a karmic lesson this lifetime so let's just keep that you know at the forefront of things as well um so yeah in regards to coming into adult life for men versus women women actually possess a larger hippocampus than men and the hippocampus is important for learning and for remembering things Men, on the other hand, have a larger amygdala and the amygdala is associated with like experiencing things, recollection of things from a situation, right? Protective is what the amygdala is really about. So it like sounds off the danger alarms in your brain. The structural differences between a man and a woman's brain means that men and women process and recall emotional Memories very differently, and we do, right? If you've ever had a conversation with a man about a memory that you have, you probably remember how you felt in it, right? Whereas he remembers facts around the situation that you don't remember, because we often remember emotions more than we remember facts, which is why women are more vulnerable to getting, not to getting. Uh, to being depressed, having PTSD, struggling with anxiety, our nervous systems, we're just not built for heavy shit like that. You know, it's the way that our brain interprets, stores, and remembers information. So we, as women, we have an ability to retain more vivid memories than men. And we're able to recall them more quickly and with greater intensity compared to men so that's our arguments do you not remember three years ago on tuesday june 12th when you did blah 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 and they're like what the fuck <laughs> like we can remember things with such detail and intensity that men aren't as able to like their brains just aren't wired to so the question kind of remains of why do men and women's brains exhibit such huge differences so kind of like how i was alluding to at the beginning Our sex hormones, as men and women, make such a huge impact on our brain and it impacts our entire cycle as women, right? This is why you can feel a different version of yourself at different phases of your cycle because your brain is literally responding to your hormones. So when a man doesn't have enough testosterone, that's going to affect his ability to feel as masculine, dominant, directive, assertive, Just like when we don't have enough progesterone or estrogen, that affects our libido. And your brain is, by the way, a very strong component in your ability to be aroused, turned on, have an orgasm, and all that stuff. So when we don't have enough progesterone, it goes about in our way that we react to things, how we're sleeping, our dreams, our memories, all those things. So what I really urge you guys to do Is listen to this episode again because there's a lot in it. And if you haven't already left an Apple Podcast review, it takes less than 30 seconds. Please do it so I can continue doing these episodes. This is free content for you. And I'm just trying to live my purpose and impact as many people's lives as possible. So it's kind of pointless for me to do these episodes and share all this wisdom and nuggets. When you know, there's no energy exchange and nothing's reciprocated. It just makes you feel unappreciated. So yeah. And share it with your friends, share it on your Instagram, tag me in it. And just to let you know, 50% of the world's population is men. So if you're going around hating men, don't think you're going to be able to enjoy your life. Cause that's half the population that you don't get along with. Um, so if you haven't already subscribed to my newsletter, please make sure to do so com. emails are the place to be. I'm putting a lot of energy into them and it's just a one-stop shop. You're up to date You without having to be on social media all day and watch Instagram stories and whatever. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and it is airing on June 28th. And we're right around the corner from July. Join Let Men Be Men. It closes on Friday night at midnight. So you have like 72 hours or less. (laughs) Um, I will see you next week. I hope this episode has left you feeling empowered and you're walking away with wisdom and action steps. I would really appreciate if you could share this episode with someone that you feel would benefit. Maybe even tag me on Instagram. I definitely do an Apple podcast review so that more people can find me and I can fulfill my mission of helping people. Also, if you do an Apple podcast review, make sure to take a screenshot so that you can email it to bloomshuckyhealing at gmail.com and receive an exclusive track just for doing the Apple podcast review as my thank you to you for that wonderful energy exchange.